Hello and welcome to the Reet Entertainment Podcast, episode 397 for April 30th, 2023. My name is Nathan Reet Spruth, and joining me this week, and the only person here other than me, is Connor the Cyberpunk Monk Bash. Reet Entertainment? I thought this was Clinton's Core Classics. No, that's the, that's the one we do in like an hour. And then you put actual like production time into. I do put time into it. And and way more editing time than I put into this, which is Alright, does it sound completely like shit? No. Alright, I'm gonna post it. And it actually lowers the bitrate intentionally before uploading it. Oh yes. That's obviously something I need to do. I wanna make it sound like an old radio podcast. Uh Oro is not gonna be here today, or he said he might be late, but he's apparently looking at a new house, so good good luck to him on finding a new house. Good luck. It's it's rough out there. It is. It is. Thankfully, his neck of the woods is uh, a lot cheaper than where we live for some reason. Way cheaper than where you live, and still quite a bit cheaper than where I live. It's, yeah, it's, it's one a- of those things where I've thought, like, man, if I won the lottery and my girlfriend broke up with me, I would just be like... I'm going to move over there because it's like half the price for a decent house over there. Around where a row is at, it's much more acceptable. Once you get north like to where the Chicago area is, it's, it's, a, it, it's a crisis. That's the right word for it. It's awful. It's, it's a crisis here. I live in a town of like 10,000 people. Under that, I think it's like 8,000 people. And housing is like $300,000 minimum. That's that's and and that's impossible because the average wage is not that not high enough to support that. So I don't know who's buying these fucking houses. Anyway, uh, what game? Uh, where can we find you? First off, you could find me. You could find you. You could find Aroa at Aroa website, which is a fun little URL. You could punch it in just the way it sounds. Yeah. One of those links I would like to draw your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords first edition actual play podcast. You could find that anywhere that fine podcasts are found. Uh, we're like, I don't know, halfway through the very final chapter. So tensions are rising. Yep, also, then... I've been editing the old episodes, so I'll, I, I'm almost going to be at a, a point where I could actually recommend my show to people. <laughs> that would be nice. Just uh, delete the or make the first like two seasons like patreon only i wouldn't want people to pay for that that's like <laughs> a punishment I, I want people to like who need to pay like societal debts to be like all right you're gonna sit in this room you have no distractions good luck yeah. i always i always hated people who would have I, I don't hate them but i don't like the fact that people will be like oh this one's only available on patreon and uh, the- i mean I, I get it people gotta make money I, I understand that, but I, I don't mind the like timed releases where it's like, okay, it's on Patreon for like a week or two, and then it's uploaded to YouTube. So you can get early access. Um, and there's only one other acceptable um, way, in my, in my opinion, is when I watch a, a, a wrestling YouTuber and WWE will like flag, they, they won't put a claim on his account, but they'll flag it. And make that video not available. And so he'll have it as like, here, you can go watch it on Patreon. So that kind of makes sense. I'm okay with that because it's not his fault that 
WWE is bastards with their copyright. Anyway, uh, you can find me, Nathan Reed Spruth, everywhere at Reeton. Uh, basically, I'm only I'm on Twitch Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time, playing video games. Monday and Monday and Friday are random games, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are whatever game I am playing through at that time because I want to, you know, beat video games. That's part of the reason I started the schedule was that I was having a problem where I would, I, I'm sure you've run into this before, where you start a game and then you're like, man, I'm going to get distracted with another game now. Mm-hmm. And so part of the reason I've been doing this for the last few years is I want to actually play through video games. Um, anyway, uh, what games, speaking of which, what games have you been playing? I know you have so some, I, have, I, I was going to say, I know you have a, a big update. I, I mean, I have a laundry list of games, you know, I, could you imagine starting a game and then getting distracted by another? Ha ha ha. I'll yeah. <laughs> um, I want to prefix that by saying I've been going out of my way to go out of my comfort zone with artistic endeavors. I got me a hot wire cutter and a whole bunch of like XPS foam. And I've been making terrain like that I'm going to use in a future D&D game. And boy, does this scratch that creative itch I've had for a while. I can't wait I, until you pay for my plane ticket so we can play D&D together. I, I, I mean, I'm totally down, man. <laughs> I, I don't know about the, the paying part. That's, that's a, a lot of my budget, but I would love to play some D&D sometime, especially with terrain that I made. Uh, and... now, now, have you three? Because I know you have two 3D printers. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a resin and a FDM printer. Have you thought about making terrain with the three D printers? Because they have a bunch of those like available. Yes, and the short answer is I need to wait until it's just a little bit warmer. Oh, Illinois has not decided that it wants to be in spring yet. And my uh, the three D printer I would use for that the resin one uh, that would have the resolution I'd be looking for for this sort of thing. And it's just, just a little bit cold to be doing that in the garage right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, see, Oregon's different. It decided that spring didn't exist this year. Uh, we had, it was like last week, it was like in the 50s. And then we had like a day where it was like 65. And then it turned into like 90 degrees. We had, we had a day of spring. It was pretty good. I liked it. So you're making terrain. So making I'm making some terrain. terrain. And that's been enjoyable. That's been scratching that creative itch I've gotten. And uh, I, I just keep that in your pocket. I'm going to bring that up in a second. Games I've been playing, I've been trying to play a little bit of Battlefield, but I just haven't had a lot of time to play. I've, I've been on call this week, so like I have been spending a lot of time being distracted, but I, I have also had to like stop what I'm doing and deal with work a lot. Yeah. So you know, a, a game that sometimes lasts 40 minutes for a round is not optimal. I've got a little bit of Halo in. I think I mentioned last week I beat Halo 2, which is bar none the hardest part of the lasso run so it's all downhill from here okay that's good Speak, speaking of twos i played a little more shenmue too i'm like i don't remember i don't think i remember the if on dreamcast it had multiple discs i don't remember if the xbox version had multiples but i'm like right at the end of the first disc equivalently i don't remember for shenmue 2 for shenmue 2 right i don't remember uh, if it had multiple discs, I think the Xbox discs disc was big enough, but the Dreamcast one was definitely multiples. Yeah, Dreamcast one was multiples. The Xbox one it was used a DVD, so I'm I'm fairly confident it came on one disc because then, uh they had 
the the Dreamcast only had like one gig discs, so it was like nine hundred meg discs, discs or whatever, and a DVD is like four gigs. So I think I think yeah, it was one. But anyway, who cares? Move on. And then Steam's having a sale right now, so I picked up Dead Rising and Dead Rising Two, and uh, I started playing that for like five minutes, and then I went, what else can I play? And then I went back to playing Mega Man Battle Network, and I beat the first one of that. Let me tell you, uh, you know how we have a sickness and I got to get my achievements? Yes. This game sucks. One of its achievements (laughs) is you have to get all the chips. There's a lot of goddamn chips in this game. There is a option you could have, and I talked about it before, where your weapon does like 100 times its normal damage. That helped immensely. But it was like, I'd be watching your stream, just lying in bed, like, moving left and right. Battle started, tap it, tap it, okay, I'm done. Left and right, left and right, left and right. Battle started, tap it, okay, I'm done, left. Like, did I get the chip? No? Damn it. And I... Mm, I wish this wasn't an achievement, but I did it. I'm done, I don't have to do it again. Just not, not, uh, not enjoying that part of it, like getting the achievements. I, I adored the game. Uh, and I adored going out of my way to get like the extra content achievements, you know, all the side missions and stuff. But the last one I had for at least the the first of this game in the series, the the collection, was collect one of each chip. Boo! Uh, if you've watched the completionist, the the Gerardinist, that yeah. was his major complaint about this game series. And boy, I wasn't worried about that when I was a kid. But now that there's an achievement to do it, uh, it making my blood boil. Yeah, I've met the guy. He's he's uh he's nice. He's a swell fella. Yeah. And then finally, I was on Reddit and I saw somebody talking about uh Steam Deck games that they enjoyed. And somebody's and you might identify with this, somebody's wife had basically taken their console over to play The Sims on. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, huh, I wonder how The Sims runs on the Steam Deck. I already own The Sims 4 and a couple handfuls of DLC just because it's been out for like over a decade now. Isn't it so free now? Dope. It is free. The core yeah. game is. It's a it's a big old DLC farm. The Steam Deck runs it fine. I got exactly as far as to the point where I'm like, now I'll build a house. And then I looked at that terrain project, and I was like, that is a lot more fun to me. I'm just going to go build with my hands. Oh. So, like an eight-year-old toddler, I put the game down and started playing with my foam toys. Good. Good. Happy to I, I hear didn't about want that. to play The Sims. I just had that itch. You know, do you, you get that creative itch? No. You, you don't get that creative itch? Not even a little, no. That explains a lot. <laughs> uh, I'll like, I, I like the, the end point, right? I like it when things are done. Uh, but there, there's always like, I am bad at creative stuff. And so I'm constantly like, man, I suck at this. And then even if I do it and it looks fine, I'm still like, you know, there's something wrong. I Somebody else would have done this way better, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I'm not super creative in that sense. That is a whole ass mood. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I've talked to you about this off the record. I one day want to do a stream where I just like fix up my old models and art projects. And I'm going to call it My Army Sucks Mondays. That sounds fun. You could do it, it as you. You could also do it as like a YouTube video where it's like instead Here's of how it I touch being my old shit. Yeah, instead of it being like you know two hours of you just being like, no, I gotta, I gotta paint here. All right, that's good. You could like you know time lapse it and stuff. 
anyway. Really, I do the stream, then I make the YouTube video, mm-hmm. and then I then I edit the podcast, then I make the terrain, then I practice the instruments. No, uh, no, I know uh, what you do. My, I know. my schedule's running a little tight. I know what you do. You you don't do the stream, but you but you record the video, and then you edit it and put it on YouTube. And you make the full version available on Patreon. There you go. That's that's <laughs> that's using your dragon sickness. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're gonna move on. I think that's all the stuff you have to talk about. Yeah, I I did play a whole bunch of games. I just didn't play them for that long. Mm. I, however, played. You know, you know, Monday I played some Overwatch with some friends. Uh, because I beat Ghostwire Tokyo last week. This week. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I played uh, I played Dead Island 2, which came out. And I, I have to say, I have you, you've been watching it a little bit, uh, but it is definitely way more fun than Dead Island 1. I'm having way more fun in it than I, than I did the original Dead Island game. Maybe it's just because the, the combat isn't as clunky. Maybe it's because you have a dropkick. And I th- <laughs> apparently every first-person shooter needs a dropkick now. Dead Island looked at Dead Rising, and they were taking some notes. I could see the uh, the inspirations, yeah. Especially when you look back at Dead Island One, that is a clunky zombie game. Yeah, this is way this is way more fluid. Just I'm having a lot more fun with it. However, I noticed it would start crashing on me, like every once in a while, it started crashing on me. And this happened the first night, like towards the end of the game, the the end of the stream time. And I was like, man, why is it crashing? And it was hot, right? Because we skipped spring and went right into summer. So I'm like really warm in my, in my living room here playing games. So I was like, maybe my computer's overheating. You know, I do have like kind of a beastly processor that was overclocked. So I looked and it was, it was getting hot, but it wasn't like overheating. It was like 80 something degrees, right? Like not, not overheating level. Uh, graphics card was fine, all that jazz. So I was like, oh, what I got to do is I've got to I've got to update my graphics drivers. I haven't done that, and they have a new graphics driver for this specific game. Perfect. I'll do that. Still crashed the next night. I'm like, what the, what the heck is wrong with it? So it kept doing it, and I noticed it kept doing it when I was in the inventory system to do crafting. It was always, I would go to craft, it would load up the crafting menu, freeze, and then shut the game down. So I, I looked at it, and I, I googled it. Turns out that this is a bug that happens with this specific game if you have FSR turned on. And FSR was automatically turned on in the settings. So once I turned FSR off, game runs great. Doesn't crash. So if you ever buy the game, or if you're, if you're thinking about buying the game right now on the PC, uh, turn FSR off and you will not suffer those crashes. They'll probably uh, eventually get that fixed. I'm a little surprised it's... I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed that it made it to release and it's still like that. Honestly, not the worst bug, apparently, with all the games that are releasing this week. Big true. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was saying that the next game I wanted to play through, because there's so many games releasing like in the next month, 
We got uh, you got Dead Island two, Redfall's coming out soon, uh, and then we also got the new Jedi Survivor game. And apparently, the PC version of that game is dog crap. Like yeah, it's I've, just not. I've great. heard atrocious records of it. People are buying like they have my processor or a better processor, which I I have pretty much the top of the line processor from Intel right now. Um, so they have a you know they'll have a twelve nine hundred K or a thirteen nine hundred K, and a forty ninety, and it still can't run the game. It's it's insane. A forty ninety, it's a fifteen hundred dollar graphics card, and you still can't run this one game. Silly. Anyway, uh, avoid Jedi Survivor for right now on PC. It, just wait for them to do some patches because they definitely need those. And then on Friday, I, I Friday I was like, okay, I want to. I don't know what game I want to play. It's a random game night, uh, and I downloaded Fallout seventy six just to give it a try. But then I noticed on Reddit. Somebody was like, hey, there's a, there's a game you know, we're making. We want it to be more like the original EverQuest. Blah, 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 blah. We're doing a stress test if you want to come and you know, play the game. So I did the stress test. It's called uh, Monsters and Memories. And while I understand it's a stress test, so there was lag, there was also nothing in the game for me to want to actually play it. So I was just wandering around. And then finally was able to fight some monsters, and the monsters killed me in like two hits. And I was like, ah, it is like EverQuest. And <laughs> then it crashed on me, and I was just like, I'm just going to go play the more stable game, Fallout 76. That's not a good position to be in. No, and then I joined the Brotherhood. Apparently they put the Brotherhood of Steel in there. I mean, and there's no Enclave, but they got power armor. The first... Yeah, the first mission for the Brotherhood of Steel is really dumb, where he's like, okay, there's like four people you need to go talk to. I don't want to have to deal with these people. You go talk to them, report back to me, and we'll make a decision on what to do. So you talk to the four people. One guy's like, you know, I need help protecting my farm. Another guy's like, I'm a scientist. I need help doing this. Another person's a a, a person. She's a raider. She's like, my... My sisters and I really need help with these guns. And I'm like, you're a raider. And she's like, nah, I'm not a raider. I'm like, okay, you're a raider. Um, so you go back and you report all of these to the, the paladin and or scribe or whatever he was. And you're like, okay, so this person needs help with this, 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 and this. And his reaction is, I will not help any of them. Like, okay, good. You could have just fucking said that, and I didn't have to go talk to them. <laughs> so the Brotherhood uh, kind of jerks. I don't know if you yeah. knew that. Yeah. I mean, they weren't that bad in, like, Fallout 1, but then they get worse, right? Like, They're definitely xenophobic and technophobic. Like, they they those, aren't, those aren't the greatest qualities. They aren't that bad. As I said, they aren't that bad in Fallout 1. They kind of developed over time where they became worse and worse and worse. Um, where they're really, they're, they're really quite awful in Fallout 4. But anyway, uh, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about some news stories because we have a lot of them. I don't know how we ended up with like seven news stories this week. It, it was so, a little bit my fault, but we're going to blow through like 
three to four of these. It's it's going to be nothing. Don't worry. Yeah, there are a couple of them. Uh, first off, uh, update to a story that we've spoken about before. Uh, the UK has blocked the Activision Blizzard slash Microsoft. Well, the, the Microsoft acquisition of Act- Activision Blizzard. Blech. Nailed. Yeah. Um, it's like 69. I know you don't edit this, but could you do me a favor and just edit in like the, the Nelson laughing from Simpsons just right here? That's uh-huh. the perfect response. I um, oh mean, I don't have that as a button. <laughs> so, yeah, Microsoft trying to buy Activision Blizzard. The UK has blocked it. Uh, it says the CMA has prevented Microsoft's proposed uh, purchase of Activision over concerns the deal would alter the future of fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come. The cloud gaming market? The the thing that has proven to be shitty every single time? The one that, like, Google Stadia was the biggest one and they just pulled out? That's the one? But people love cloud gaming. Look at Google. Oh, no, it's gone. Look at... uh, uh, I I can't actually think of any other. The only thing I could think of that's really successfully doing cloud gaming at all is Sony and I guess Steam as well. I've heard people speak well of the Steam, what do you call it? The Cloud Play, whatever. It's yeah, got a name. but like it's still that's that's in addition to, like, for me that's not a that's not a huge selling point for Steam or or Sony products, right? That's like okay, a bonus you have yeah yeah you have this, but like, of course the Microsoft is is appealing this decision. Um, and you know, I spoke about it with, with some people and basically they could do it in a few different ways where if it still gets denied, let's say the appeal doesn't go through, uh, still gets denied in the UK. That's only like 60 million people, which is a lot of people. But if it gets approved in the United States, that's like 300 million people. So it is possible it could be approved everywhere else, but the UK. And then they just have to like have different services in the UK available. Like, oh, you have to like Activision and Bli- or Activision Blizzard and Microsoft are separate companies in the UK market. Um it could also be that everywhere else approves it and then the UK just kind of has to to bend their knee, right? They just have to say, "Well, okay, like if you're all going to approve it, we have to approve it because otherwise Microsoft and Activision aren't going to stop selling games in the UK, which would be even worse than having them joined forces and kind of creating a monopoly. It does beg the question that nobody's asking, how much of the UK, uh, it's, what's the word I'm looking for, economy, like their total gross domestic, is based off video game sales, especially after pandemic. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Probably, it's probably a chunk. Yeah, it's it's probably at least a couple billion euros and or um, it's, pounds. It it's probably not an insignificant number. Yeah, we have already signed contract to make Activision Blizzard's popular games available on 150 million more devices, and we remain committed to reinforcing these agreements through regulatory remedies. So basically, like, yeah, we're we're trying to. They're saying that they want to fight this and get this still going because that's a lot of money to throw down and then I, I, I assume it's 
kind of similar to like the Twitter deal or the NVIDIA ARM deal that they were trying to do last year or the year before, where if that, like, because it's $69 million or a billion dollars, uh, obviously if, they, if the deal doesn't go through, they don't have to pay that, but they usually have to pay some sort of, like, fine? It's weird. I don't know how it works. Um, but there's usually in that contract, like, okay, Microsoft would still have to pay Activision Blizzard, like, a billion dollars, for the deal not going through. Um, and that's what, well, that's what happened with Elon Musk and Twitter. Part of the reason why uh, he ended up buying Twitter was he was like, ha, 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 I want to buy Twitter for, you know, I think it was he wanted to pay $42.00 per share. Ha, ha, meme number, right? And then... He, he didn't expect them to actually say yes, and they said yes, and then he tried to pull out, and they're like, okay, you owe us a billion dollars, and he refused to pay the billion dollars, so they were taking him to court for that billion dollars, and so had he have not bought Twitter or paid the fine, then he would have gone to court and like a bunch of shady stuff, like basically he would have had to give his phone up so that they could get all the information out of it. And he didn't want to do that, so he just bought Twitter. Um, and I could see something like this happening if this didn't happen. Like, are, is Microsoft going to have to give Activision like a billion dollars or $2 billion for not doing the deal? Who knows? I don't know. No. I, don't, I, I don't have access to the contract. Uh, if anybody is listening and you are uh, on Microsoft, uh, or Activision side and you have access to the contract and don't care about your job, please send it over. To we would love to have breaking news on the story. Yes. Uh, but we're going to move on and we're going to talk about some TV shows? Two TV shows? Uh, first, I, I want to say yay, but I, I don't know how I feel about the next one. But go on, please. It's so weird. The Vampire Survivors, we've spoken yay. about this yeah, good good game. It's fun. It's 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 not it's not an amazing game in my opinion, but it's fun and it's popular. But it's entertaining, right? Yeah. It's fun enough. It's yeah. fun enough that you could play it on your phone and people do. So they are making a TV show out of it like in in anim- but how how are they well, going to do that? There's no story. I mean, that, there's kind of a story going on with it like I get that it pulls a lot of just like this resembles, but is legally distinct from Simon Belmont, you know, and yeah, in the same way that like I imagine Gurren was like intentionally made to be a parody. This product will be something that's intentionally parodying that. Like, if they do a scene that's super well overly animated in the same way that like the Castlevania anime was from the Netflix, yeah, if they do something like that and then it just drops off to like South Park quality, I'll be a fan. I'll watch. So it does say, as for what the show will be about, this is from Destructoid. Well, that remains a bit unclear. It says, the most important thing in Vampire Survivors is the story. So um, it's a dream come I, true. I don't know to, about that. Yeah, so it's a dream come true to see what started as a little indie game that I made on my weekends come to life as an animated TV show. It's also great to be partnering with such experienced and talented people to make the show. I do wonder if they've realized that there isn't a single vampire in Vampire Survivors, though. 
There isn't, by the way. No vampires in Vampire Survivors. Um, so it's it's very Hooray! odd. It, I, 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 I get I, it. It's a popular series. It makes sense that they would make a show off that. Yeah, but what Ride story? that gravy train. But the most important thing is in Vampire Survivors is the story? Yes, they're lying to investors. They oh, all okay. do this. Oh, okay. I see, I see. Um, so I'm... I'd, I'll probably watch it, even though it's stupid. I'll probably watch it. It's, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird that they're coming out with a movie based on that. There's all, or a TV show based off that. There's also another TV show coming to Peacock on July 27th, and it's for t- Twisted Metal. Okay. Has Twisted Metal been relevant in the last 10 years? I don't think so. No, not that I can recall. They had. Twist the Twisted Metal PS4 game? Was there a PS4 game or was it PS3? I I remember the one where the clown is holding on to the wheels. Or no, he's not the clown. The clown's in like a, a ice cream van or something. Yeah. Yeah, he's in an ice cream truck. It, it's been a minute. Well, I mean, yes, that he, Who asked for this? Yeah, I don't know. It says Peacock has announced a premiere date for its long time co- coming TV adaptation. Apparently it's been in Works for a long time. Uh, PlayStation's PlayStation apocalypse vehicular franchise with metal. The series is now scheduled to premiere on Peacock, July twenty seventh. They dropped a teaser. I did not watch the te- teaser. So it's starring. We'll start Mackie, Marvel's Falcon. Okay, so the uh, Captain America sidekick who became Captain America Falcon. Um. Who is down? Uh, he is a slick, smart-mouthed courier who, down on his luck, accepts a shady offer to carry a mysterious package across the dystopian wastelands that surrounded the city, packed with marauding gangs and hazardous terrain. Uh, it is haunted by the disturbing ice cream truck driving serial killer known as Sweet Tooth. That does not sound like Twisted Metal to me. I mean, it sounds like the basic overlay of it. It, it sounds like. Mm, give me a second. There's something I gotta. I'm gonna get back to that. So, so Twisted Metal is kind of like Tekken. It's just a tournament. And it's then at like the end Mario of the Kart, isn't it? Like, I I played so little Twisted Metal, but I would compare it more to like Mario Kart, well, Melee, like the arena battle style. It you are correct. It is an arena battle game, but the storyline in the Twisted Metal games is that it's like a tournament, and whoever wins the tournament gets... Uh, basically, there's a guy named Calypso, who is the leader of the tournament, who will grant you a wish, whatever wish you want. Um, and so after you beat the tournament, every character has their own little cutscene of like, oh, I get this as my wish. And it's usually like kind of like a genie or, or gin, where it's you technically get the wish, but like it's fucked up a little bit. Um, and it's speculated that Calypso is Satan. Uh, but it, they don't seem to be uh, adapting that ap- uh, exactly. I, I'm guessing their investors didn't like that part. What Probably. I was going to say earlier is this, at least the, the film adaptation, it sounds a lot like Mad Max Lonesome Road. Uh, yes, I've never seen it. Oh, uh, uh, Fury Road's great, but Lonesome Road is from uh, Fallout. That's like with the courier and stuff. 
wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. Give me just a second. I'm going to back up here. I'm just reading this. So it's going to star, there's Thomas Hayden Church from Spider-Man 3, uh, Nev Campbell, you may know her from Scream, um, Will Arnett is going to be providing the voice of Sweet Tooth, and then the physical presence of mm. Sweet Tooth is going to be played by Samoa Joe, who is Will a professional. good choice for Sweet Tooth. Yeah, Samoa Joe is a professional wrestler. He's a, he's a big boy, ain't he? He is a big boy. He is, yeah, his, he's Samoan. Um, I just I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Why am I saying Samoa Joe's name? Because I was kind of just like reading through. It. I was like, Samoa Joe, what? Let me back up here and actually read what's being said. Um, so I'll. I, I, this is another one I'll probably watch. I actually have Peacock. Um, but I'll I'll probably still you know find a way to get it else. I'll I'll get the Blu-ray when it comes out. That's what I'll do. Right? They're going to come out with the Blu-ray of this. I'm sure being on Peacock, it'll be a big success. Yes. Well, there are Sony apparently has also commissioned other projects uh, for TV adaptations. Uh, Uncharted, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Gran Turismo, and Ghost of Tsushima. So some of those seem interesting, like Uncharted and God of War. And then Gran Turismo, not so much. He took a left. I I feel like the entire acquisition situation had them flailing like, "Uh uh-oh, that's going to be a big chunk of the revenue. I feel like maybe all of this is just a little bit of an overstretching, trying to dip their fingers into other markets. It's, it's, oh, I think all of this, all of these, like, Twisted Metal and stuff, they were probably penned before the Activision Blizzard acquisition was going to go on with Microsoft. It's I sure don't is convenient know. that they're coming back up now, though. It is. It is. It's convenient that at this time is when things are actually starting to get released. But yeah, July 27th is when that game, or I'm sorry, when that adaptation will come out, and we can, we can all watch it and enjoy it. But we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about Steam. Steam updates. This uh, is a good one. This is actually a good one. I wasn't going to talk about because I was like, it's just an update for the overlay. We don't but have to talk about it neat. long. But no. this was my favorite feature on the 3DS. I used the Note app so much on that little toy. And I, for a long time, have been wondering why Steam doesn't have something equivalent to it. Yeah, so they're updating the overlay with a lot of features. And if you don't know what the overlay is, basically, it'll tell you. Every time you start up a game, it'll be like, hey, got an overlay. Um, and then you press shift and tab, it'll bring up the overlay. I use it for every Steam game that I play because I always have the little FPS counter. Mm-hmm, just, just like saying that. Um, but it, it, it will have some handy-dandy notes app. So it's the notes app will let you jot down information about whatever you're currently playing, which is awesome. Like, th- they used to have those in uh, manuals before manuals died. The, I used to use mine, the little backs of the booklets. Yeah. It was uh it was great. Loved it. I rarely used it, but it was helpful, especially if you're writing down passwords. We had uh, like it, it's mostly because of games like Mega Man X. The booklet we had was filled out with codes, then we'd have like entire like journals just page after page with passcodes written in on them. You yeah. would use every one. And then they have 
so that the the notes app is going to be available um it also will have rich text formatting multiple notes per game and can be used offline plus they can be synced to the cloud so if you are like connor and you play on pc and then you switch to uh, steam deck your notes will still be there as um, long as i can use this on my game boy i'm going to be incredibly happy to think of shenmue just being like what am i doing again oh right i'll check my notes this is weird it says uh it says the aspect that puts it over the hill for me this is from destructoid it says the ability to pin windows to the in, in i'm sorry into the overlay so that they can appear in game with adjustable opacity levels and hidden ui options this will allow uh, players pin guide to pin guides, discussion, or notes while they play the game. So that is actually super handy. That's um, pretty cool. Have you used your VR headset in a long time? And I know I, I kind of already know the answer to that question. No. I know. I'm sorry. But one of the features they added, it's been a minute here now, is you could just pin windows in VR. Like, if I'm looking one direction mostly, I could put my chat to the side, and whenever I want to look at chat, it's just there in game. I had that, I had, um, when I was doing VR gaming on my, on my stream, I would have, like, my chat pinned in an area so that I could look up and see what people were saying while I was playing the game, which was really handy. Um, if you want to play games and watch Family, family Guy at the same time, you can do that because you can pin a web browser and now you so, can do it if you only have one monitor. Unlike all the rest of us who are already doing that with multiple monitors. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean, this is, uh, this will be neat for, like, as you said, for, like, VR. For some reason, if you want to have that playing. I don't want to enter in my notes while I'm in VR, one letter by letter like that. But I do want to have the option to have my notes tab open in VR. Hell yeah, I'd use this. Yeah, yeah, it seems neat. Uh, I think there are also some other things that are going to be put on there. The functionality seems really excellent, especially for those who don't have dual monitors. There are some games where I already blah, 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 blah. This is just him going through. I don't think there's anything else. I know that they were also implementing some other changes, but I don't think that's going to be in this update. Um, they do have a refresh screenshot manager um, and then some other updates under the hood to make them faster because i know like the web browser in the steam overlay at least when i used to use it uh was kind of bad like if I you think it's chromium now it's, it's probably just a branch of chrome i don't know probably so very interesting i like that you're going to be able to take notes it'll also make you know certain things just way easier to be able to be like okay like for me i play a lot of games and it's like remember this and i'm like i don't have a pen I don't want to alt tab out of my game. So it'll make it way easier to just jot down notes, like especially if you're doing a puzzle or something in a video game. Anywho, uh, we're going to move on. And these we're going to start going to stories that you brought up. We got Congress gets 40 chat GPT plus licenses. It's happening. It's going to be evaluated from a, a legal like. People have been talking for a minute here now that, like, well, we need laws to regulate AI. And this right here is the first steps of that coming to be. I'm pretty excited That's... about AI, but also terrified about AI. 
Like, what happens in 10 years when AI is more mature and then we lose our jobs? I mean, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, I have a job that definitely will require somebody in person just because I'm the white glove guy for our executives. But right. I am fine. You are probably fine because you are, like, going site to site and picking up stuff. Yeah, People... I still, like, I still worry about that because a lot of people it, it, they've done studies and they've done you know surveys where a lot of people are like oh yeah you know i'm scared that ai is going to start you know taking jobs and they're like and, and then they ask well what about your job and they're like no i'm fine so like most people think that they're safe but we could also get outsourced by a company who will hire people at you know eight dollars an hour exactly to pick up and file computers and then have another team getting paid eight dollars an hour to do the work yeah, exactly. So, um, I I think that this is interesting that the that Congress is buying those licenses. It says the forty licenses were assigned on a first come first served basis, and House Digital Services will pay the twenty dollars a month per office subscription plan for an indefinite period of time, according to the official de. Uh, I'm sorry, according to the official details of which congressional offices offices received the jet. Chat GPT plus licenses will remain anonymous for now. Tell me. Tell me who's gonna get them. Like, are we gonna have bills that are written by Chat GPT? We are definitely going to have bills that were at least in part co-written by Chat GPT. And I bet I'm willing to uh to to, to, to foreshadow that the citation of them as a source in that bill's creation is going to be a big fiasco. Yeah, probably. Because our lawmakers are fucking dumb. Yeah. They, they, uh, not all of them, but yes, a lot of our lawmakers are, uh, not the, we don't get the best and brightest. Let's put, let's put it that way. These are the people who represent us, supposedly. These, these are the people that represent this, yeah, this specific, this specific brand, part of the United States. Um, it does say that ChatGPT's new subscription plan rolled out by OpenAI in February. It allows subscribers to avoid getting bumped out of the chatbot during peak usage hours and receive faster responses. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to subscribe to this. Are you, have you subscribed to the ChatGPT? No, and I'm probably never going to have a paid-for AI assistant. Like, AI has a like I've I've gone on the record before. The way that I view AI on the whole is very much the same way that I view like a calculator. This is a tool that, when properly used, can make our lives easier in that it can shorten tasks that would otherwise be menial. You still want to know how to use it properly. Like if you just give somebody a calculator, I don't want that person to just go off and build a bridge. You know, like yes, yeah. it'll help, but. You better know your numbers, you know, like before I'm willing to trust you with anything that comes out of it. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing from this article. This is all from Fed Scoop. It says the chat bot won't be allowed to run within the House of Representatives internal server, which does have a firewall that will block it. So so that's good. <laughs> yeah, How are they going to use gonna, it? People are just going to take that data and type it in on their personal computers and bam. It has yet another source of new information. Yeah, my, my, uh, my 
work originally when ChatGPT first came out and people were like, oh, yeah, you test it out, blah, blah, it's amazing. I went onto my computer at work and I was able to get onto ChatGPT. Then like two weeks later, I went to go log in again just to, you know, dink around, like ask it silly questions. And it was like blocked by your company policy. Like, oh, well, that was quick. They did not want you accessing that at work, which makes sense because you and I both work in the, you know, health field. And so you don't want that chat GPT getting access to all that HIPAA. All, all the HIPAA. So it makes sense that they would block it. And it would make sense that they would block it for congressional computers as well, because that's a lot of sensitive data that you don't want getting spewed out to some random chatbot. Anyway. I'm just I, waiting for the day when a senator has to... Who's the guy who runs ChatGPT? Is that Sam Altman? I have I no idea. That. I have no idea. Whatever his name is. He's going to be sat down and the senator's going to have to be like... Well, I asked my AI how to make a chemical, and it said it wouldn't. But then I said my grandma used to tell me stories about this chemical, and then it did it. Can anyone do this? And they're going to have to be like, well, yes, and this is an oversight that we're looking to fix. And they're going to have to be like, how are you going to fix this? It's like, it's going to take more time. This is a, a chicken or the egg issue first. Does AI work well, or does it work fast, you know? My mom used to make meth in the bathtub. Can you tell have, me a story? Have you seen some of the posts that are like people getting away with getting like the one that I shared today is it's like, here's how you make napalm. Don't do it on accident. Yeah. Uh, it, it'd be a shame if somebody accidentally combined bleach and chlorine, make sure they're not on the same shelves. And it's like, oh, chat GPT, you, you innocent little dumb bird. You dumb, you dumb. It's okay. And then Bard, I guess, was getting like math problems wrong. But I put in yeah. this I put in similar math problems and it got it right. So I don't know if they updated it or if that was just a fluke on their whoever. I I one of three things. They've either updated it since then, which is very possible, even though it was only like an hour after that was posted. Um two, it was a fluke where they just asked the question and Bard just said something stupid. Or three, it was fake. I'm thinking one or three is the is, is what happened. Either they updated it or the person was was fake. It could be one of three, but anyway, um, I I think that this is interesting. I wonder, I wonder how this is going to be used internally, or if they're going to. I could I could definitely see somebody writing a bill using ChatGPT and having it be awful. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen. All right, let's talk about unions. Who likes unions? I like unions. I think, I think we're on the record as being a pro-union podcast. I am definitely pro-union. Uh, and so, apparently, it are the some of the workers, at least, at Sega of America. So they are forming a union in Irvine, California. It consists of 144 workers in departments such as brand marketing, games as a service, localization, marketing services, QA, product development, ops, and more. Referring to themselves as Agus CWA, um, they have filed for a union election with the National Labor Relations Board, which will take place unless Sega of America management chooses to voluntary, voluntarily recognize the union first. 
Um, they have stated that they have one, two, three, four, five goals. Higher base pay for all following industry standards with raises tied to the cost of living and inflation. Fuck yes. Love to see it. That is great. I, I, I understand the cost of living I get because a lot of places will do cost of living updates uh, for your raises, but they won't tie it to inflation. So like we had huge inflation in the last couple of years. I don't know. I kept hearing about it. I, whatever. And they like my work, they gave me a pretty good raise. Like I got a 5.5% raise, but that doesn't match the cost of inflation. Like, so I, I still took a net loss technically. Mm -hmm. uh, but thankfully, you know, my, my bills and everything haven't really gone up that much. It's, you know, food mainly that's costing more, but that's all right. Uh, so the second point is improved stable benefits for all, including healthcare, retirement, remote work opportunities, and more. Uh, I like all those. That's great. It, it seems understandable. Yeah. Uh, I know, speaking of healthcare and stuff, Roguish Bard, uh, one of our, our close personal friends who doesn't listen to the podcast. She hates uh, it. She's part of a really good union, or used to be part of a really good union. And the healthcare was amazing. My, I had to pay $4,000 or so to get my tooth replaced, uh, to get my dental implant. And she's like, oh, I can get four of them. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, my, my healthcare will just pay for four of them over my lifetime. And I'm like, but that's amazing. <laughs> a lot of money. Um, so hopefully the union, you know, is able to get really good health care like that and retirement and remote work. Uh, that third does point, beg the ever subtle question. Did their union have to like negotiate for how many teeth you get? Like someone's on the other side of the table, five feet the straw, and that's where I put my foot down. Probably. Like that would have been a fun day if nothing else in the office. Yeah. Uh, you get the third would be increased, clearly outlined opportunities for advancement. That's really cool too. Like doesn't seem like a task too much. No. Uh, fourth is balanced workloads and schedules and defined responsibility for all positions. Again, not too much to ask for. Uh, you and I being in IT, how many times have we been like, or have they been like, oh, we want you to do this, and you're like, but that's not. In the That's list not my of things, job. yeah, uh, defined responsibilities is. I, I've definitely worked in places that didn't have that, and what it rolls down to is a whole bunch of departments going. I'm not responsible for it. Get someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. And then, lastly, is adequate adequate staffing of departments to end patterns of overwork. Good. That's another hire people. Yeah, like uh, I had a friend. I know I'm I'm talking a lot personal personal life, and nobody cares, but I'm still going to do it. Uh, I had a friend who worked at a tire center and let's say they would have like 13 people and they would fire or, or somebody would quit. So they'd be down to 12 people and management would be, would come out and be like, Hey, so we know you lost a person, uh, but we want you to pull the same numbers that you were doing when that person was here. So you're going to have to work a little bit harder. And my friend, Chris, would you be like, no. And management would be like, what? And he's like, no, if we do that, then you're not going to hire another person. So we're, we're not going to be able to do that unless you hire another person. That's, and I just love... the supply and demand works. That's basics of business. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that, you shouldn't own a business. 
Yeah. Uh, and then it says here as a quote, working for Sega is a passion for many of us. And it's been so exciting to see that through organizing. Uh, we can make this work uh, a sustainable long-term career, said Mohamed Saman, Sega QA lead and Aegis member. By creating a union, uh, we'll have to, a say in the decisions that shape the working conditions and ensure the job security and working conditions we deserve. We're excited to protect what already makes Sega great and help build an even stronger company together. Please, please, please. I know that they haven't got a union yet. I think they, they filed it and then they have to do like a union vote, I'm sure. So hopefully it works. I, I do like that we're seeing an uptick in unions because... Uh, Conditions you know, are bad out there. They are bad. Because we need them. In like the 70s, like 30% of people were part of a union. And because of anti-union you know, laws that have been passed, uh, like right to work, they've, it's gone down to 13% of people are unionized, which has had a very, very detrimental effect on the working conditions in the United States, uh, you know, when it comes to raises and stuff. Because even people, uh, you know, back in the day, even people who were not part of a union, they did not have a union job, would still be helped out by other people being unionized because it created competition. And you get rid of those unions and, you know, people are, you know, GameStop doesn't have a union and they're just like, we're going to pay you 10 bucks an hour and you have nowhere else to go. Um, and then the other guy is like, we're going to pay you $10 an hour. So that was like, there's no competition there. Um, and it all, it always reminds me of the, um, the crash in 2009 where there were so many unemployed people. So all the jobs were just like, we're just going to offer you like barely above minimum wage. And that's all that you're going to be able to find. So take the job. And if you don't take the job, we have 100 people behind you waiting to take that job. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy that it's kind of switched where they're complaining about, oh, we don't, we're, we're having staffing issues. And now they're having to actually offer more money. McDonald's here where I'm at. 18 bucks an hour. Yeah, but you can usually only get like 12 hours to work a week when it's like that. It's it's all, it's flim-flammed. It is. It is. But, I mean, still, that's not that's not terrible. 18 bucks an hour. I, mean, I, I hear you. I get it. And so yeah. the, the cool thing about this union is they have five bullets. They only mm -hmm. really need four of them. So let me, let me let you in on a little secret. If you pay your employees, if you give them benefits, if you tell them how to do their jobs appropriately and you don't overload them, you don't need to worry about your staffing. Like, that'll be a place that people want to work at. Exactly. And your Sega, people already should want to work for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I, I think that's a thing, is it's not that they have a lack of people interested working there. They just have a lack of wanting to hire people to work there. It would be so cool of Sega of America to formally recognize this, but I have a feeling they're going to end up having to get it voted in anyways. Probably. Do the right thing, Sega. I know you're listening. It's one of those things where they can't stop the union from forming, though. Uh, one last thing about unions is, uh, I look or, or did you see any of the the congressional like they they had Howard Schultz, I think his name is the guy who owned Starbucks or was the CEO of Starbucks, mm -hmm. and he came in and he talked before Congress, and he, like him him and Bernie Sanders were having like a a bit of a spat. And the guy was like, well, our average wages in 
Starbucks, it's like 16 or $17 an hour or whatever. And your minimum wage in Vermont is $12 an hour or something like that. So why, why do you pay people less than what Starbucks pays people? And I was like, that's pretty disingenuous because you're comparing the average wage of your company to the minimum wage of a state. So I looked up the average wage in Vermont and the average wage in Vermont is like sixty to seventy thousand dollars, which I can guarantee you is not sixteen bucks an hour. Um, so when you read or watch something where it's like anti-union propaganda, uh, I would take a look. Just take a look and see, like, okay, they made this claim, but why are they making it in this specific way? Because you will see, like, Amazon has like they'll hire somebody for millions of dollars to do union busting. And so you look at these companies and you're like, why are they doing this? Why are they saying it in this specific way? And it's because they want to mislead you. Unions are great is what I'm getting at. And we're going to talk about Magic the Gathering. Uh, I don't even know if they have a union, but uh, what? I don't know what this story is about. Can you explain Pardon it me, to you, me? Uh, you gave me a little bit of whiplash with that transition there. Yeah. Yeah, so... This is the news that uh, we're going to talk about because every other nerd-related news outlet is going to be talking about this story. There was a YouTuber by the name of Old School MPG, Old School Magic the Gathering. Long story short, he—I don't—I'm not positive he got sent these for review purposes or if he bought these from somebody who they got sent it for review purposes. But they then proceeded to make a video about these cards that he got. Only bad thing is, these cards weren't actually ready to be released yet. They were still under an embargo. Okay. So, shortly after this person released their video, the goddamn Pinkerton showed up at his house, saying, Hey, give back the stolen stuff. Oh, the uh, Pinkertons is a... It's a reference the, to what? The Pinkertons is a, like, actual U.S. security firm, like a oh. detective agency. Oh, okay. If you ever played Red Dead, they're the antagonists. Oh, I knew I recognized that name from somewhere. Okay, sorry. They're a major historical anti-union uh, organization. Oh, no. Those bastards. They, they are indeed bastards, and their association with Wizards of the Coast, the publishers of Magic the Gathering, certainly hasn't done well for their image or their stock prices. Good. Uh, Wizards so, of the Coast are kind of bastards lately, but please go on. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they've always sort of been bastards, and it's just a shame to see them dragging their franchises through the mud like this, too. So I don't want to read this whole article. You could check it out in a billion of other places. Uh, long story short, Old School MTG, the guy who made the video, speculates that the person he bought the unreleased cards from likely didn't know that they were sent an unreleased set. So him getting this and then making the video of it obviously wasn't malicious this obviously wasn't somebody being like i got this sent early and now you could all see it too it was just like a clerical error that got the pinkertons called on him that's weird after recovering the leaked magic the gathering set including empty boxes and wrappers pinkertons put old school mtg in touch with wizards of the coast representative who was quote very apologetic about making my wife cry first thing in the morning by sending heavy duty lawmen 
which is the coast spokesperson, confirmed to Polygon and Kotaku that the company sent the private security firm to Old School MTG as, quote, part of their investigation into the leak. YouTuber says contact they spoke to at Wizards offered to send them free products as compensation for what happened. If somebody sent Pinkertons to my house and were like, we're sorry, do you want to try again? I would tell them to go fuck themselves. I'd be like, you could just give me money. Because I'm never playing your game again. Yeah, I I mean, it seems like it's probably a part of his image with a name like Old School MTG. Yeah. But they handled this so wrongly. Uh, On the bright side, Old School MTG's YouTube viewership has doubled since the original viewer went up. Well, that's good. So all he had to do is be intimidated by fierce law tyrants. That is that is amazing that something like this could happen. But also, like, awful. It is, it, it is awful. But it 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 it's kind of funny because you know you said he his viewership or subscriber level doubled right um, since this. Same thing kind of happened months ago. Not this situation, obviously, wasn't sent to the house. But remember the Altesian Games drama that happened a few months ago, where. Um, they they were doing a prize pool. They pulled somebody's name, and he was just the the CEO said, "Oh, that person's not famous enough for us to give a free PC away." And then that person exploded in popularity. Um, oh, I do remember that. Yeah, just having a little bit of con. It's there, there's a book. There's a book that was written, ghost written by um. Uh, Eric Bischoff, who is a, a wrestling personality, controversy creates cash. And so Pinkerton showing up at your house, that creates controversy. And apparently it's doubled his subscriber level. So I'm assuming he's getting more money than he was before this happened. So while, yes, it's crazy and bad and scary, there's always there's at least a silver lining in the fact that he is now making more money off of YouTube because of it. So I I don't know maybe maybe that's good maybe he's happy about that. I can't imagine it's going to be more than just a little bump. Like it, you know it'll probably go back to normal after it the story dies down. But enjoy it while you got it. Well I I, I don't know because if you have that if you have more subscribers, at least you're you might not get double the viewership all the time, but you'll still have that video going out to more people. And that There's... that would be. Uh-huh positive at least what's the saying there's no such thing as bad publicity there is i I don't know i don't know i necessarily believe that but that's yeah that is a thing people say so i think what that does is it brings us to the end of the episode we did it we talked about all the stories worth talking about we did and i i imagine because we had seven stories i imagine it would have been quite a bit longer if we had a row here it probably would have been funnier too. You know, get what you can take, right? Probably, probably would have been more entertaining. But I want to thank you for being here, Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. I was all you had. Yes, you were all I had. And uh, thank you for being here, Reeton. You're welcome. And we will be back next week, uh, talking about some more more video game and tech news. Goodbye. Goodbye. So uh, we watch anime. So uh, we play League.